let's start by unpacking, or maybe we should uh, adjust the pun. Let's start by cracking open a cold one and uh, leaning back in our chair. A 9 a.m. brewski is what we're going to be pounding with this story because... We're chatting non-alcoholic beer. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, right? So yes. maybe you can't actually crack this one open as you uh, continue the conversation this morning. But uh, basically what we're highlighting today is a new non-alcoholic beer from Budweiser. And we're going to just have a little back and forth to discern whether or not the marketing around this is going to be uh, successful and whether or not this is an area of the industry that is worth the investment. So for a little context, we saw the explosion of seltzer drinks over the last year to two years uh, as really being the main shakeup to the beer industry. Uh, and they often get categorized because of uh, you know, who is producing them as another option in the beer catalog for major um, uh, producers like Anheuser-Busch, etc., uh, market research from firm IWSR did some analysis on the seltzer market, for example, and found that in 2019, hard seltzer's share of total alcohol beverages in the U.S. grew from two, or excuse me, grew to 2.6%, and that was from less than 1% in 2018. So that's a major jump, uh, and though the number is still small in comparison to market share of, uh, you know, when you see uh like draft premium light uh options out there like your bud lights uh those own a considerable portion of the market share but from less than 1% to 2.6% is still a large enough jump so that's just to put into context the kind of numbers we're going to be talking about here so when we turn our sights to another growing sector in the US beverage industry non-alcoholic beverages uh beer marketers insights which uh is a research firm that used some sales data from a Chicago-based market research firm, IRI, they found that non-alcoholic beer sales rose this year about 40% in dollars and 30% in volume, which is huge. And this is coupled with beer sales mostly flattening pre-pandemic and a broader trend of millennials and Gen Z drinking less alcohol than previous generations. There's a lot of research on that. I encourage you all to look up some of the the most recent uh, timely numbers around that generational split. Uh, But Anheuser-Busch is putting a lot of stock into this trend of non-alcoholic beer growth. Uh, They're aiming for non-alcoholic and low-alcohol beers, which include um, hard seltzers, Uh, to account for 20% of their total volume by 2025, which is a major portion of their beer production. Low alcohol to non-alcohol options, totaling a fifth of their output, is massive. And most recently, the whole reason why we're really talking about this is because Budweiser is breaking into the space with the launch of Bud Zero. And this was in a surprise partnership with the one and only Dwayne Wade. Uh, This is going to be a 50-calorie beer, no sugar, no alcohol, and supposed to have a similar taste to Budweiser. And the whole reason it exists is because of Dwayne Wade. He approached Budweiser with the idea... Uh, after trying to live the social life of a recently retired pro athlete who, you know, wants to stay in the fun, wants to have a good time and party it up, uh, but doesn't necessarily want to get smacked every time, uh, you know, he gets handed a beer. And 
uh, he said this to, uh, oh, I don't remember exactly. Oh, yeah, he said this to Business Insider on a video call. He said, quote, I'm getting older now. I'm not that young, spry athlete that people had grown accustomed to, but I still want to be part of the conversation. I still want to be in the room with everyone else. And then he brought that energy to Budweiser. Uh, they had previously tried to launch a non-alcoholic beer called Budweiser Prohibition Brew. That was launched in April. Uh, they axed that relatively quickly. So what's interesting here is that what's solidifying uh, Bud Zero, I think, is the partnership around it. Uh, because Budweiser already had uh, an inkling that this was somewhere where they could put uh, their energy to increase market share. But just the, the magic wasn't right, right? There wasn't enough of a reasoning for it to break into the market and... Um, Probably they felt like it wasn't going to take hold in the right way and wouldn't be worth the investment. Now, I assume they're thinking otherwise. Uh, Budweiser Vice President of Marketing Monica Rusty, or Rustigy, not quite sure, sees this as an opportunity beyond just the athlete market. She said on that same Business Insider video call, quote, It's a product that allows for more inclusion. We get to include more people that maybe don't drink alcohol but can enjoy all those special moments that beer is tethered to. So, Tyler, initial thoughts on uh, the growth of this sector in the uh, alcoholic beverage market, uh, as well as Bud Zero specifically, and then I'll give you some of my thoughts. This is interesting because uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to separate my personal, I guess, thoughts on this from you know how it could actually work in. Like a, I actually work from a business perspective for Budweiser. So for me, I look at it and I'm like, I, I, not what's the point because I'm like, oh, I love you know alcohol so much and must must have alcohol. That makes me sound like an alcoholic, but like I, <laughs> like I, I like certain beers for the flavor and that sort of thing. But it's not one of those things where I'm so eager to drink beer that even if it weren't alcoholic, I'd be like super excited about it if. I'm not sure I said that right, but I, I just don't know entirely like what the from from Dwayne Wade's from even like an athlete's perspective, like is is it that much better for you? I, I guess like 50 calories is low, no sugar, no alcohol, um, that sort of thing, I, I suppose. But but is the flavor like so incredible from a from a Budweiser, just a simple Budweiser that you're like, yes, that is what's been missing in my life. Uh, for me, anyways, the the answer to that is no. And maybe that's because I'm not, you know, I've never been an elite athlete and I um, have never, you know, since turning 21, I've never been like, oh, you know what, I, I shouldn't drink. So all of that to say, this doesn't necessarily speak specifically to me, but that's not to say that there isn't a market out there for that. I'm just I'm having a hard time conceptualizing it because it, for me and for like the group of friends that I I hang out with and generally like have a beer with this wouldn't be appealing and so I I'm trying to find exactly who this reaches out to and what that demographic is and if it's a large enough share that it makes it worth it for a company like Budweiser. Yeah, I mean it seems to at least in theory be appealing to younger generations, uh, as well as just sort of your assorted mix of, um, of people that maybe just don't want to deal with the stress of being drunk, you know, maybe, uh, uh, for people that are the designated driver or for recovering alcoholics, you know, I mean like that's, that's actually functionally how I have interacted with, 
I'm not saying I'm a recovering alcoholic, but uh, I have, um, you know, some family members that were and are now, you know, uh, have been sober for years. And uh, whenever they come over to family functions are drinking um, non-alcoholic beers, you know, they pick up a pack of O'Doul's. <laughs> so interesting. Yeah. So, you know, it's um, so I, it, I always thought I always thought in that circumstance that like that the sensation of drinking beer would be difficult for someone who is a recovering alcoholic because it's all of the things that that you remember about it without like that other aspect of the the alcoholic nature of it and and yeah yeah, i I would think that that would be it would be hard to drink a non-alcoholic beer and then not switch or not go back you know what i mean um like that was always my thought process but if that works for people that's you know that more power to him and that's that's fantastic i mean i have no scientific proof on how it affects like your uh the the disease that is uh, being addicted to a substance but i could imagine uh you know it acts a bit like a placebo at least to start mm. um you know kind of like going from cigarettes to vaping to eventually being done cold turkey instead of going straight cold turkey from cigarettes to just like you know tossing out the pack and never smoking again uh for some people you know they need that transition and then i think some people just get accustomed to the the flavor like the flavor um but you know are are fine not getting drunk because they've moved on from needing that buzz or or that kick so you know i i think that is a market segment that will like this but i mean look how many qualifiers i had to give as I was describing who would drink this in my yeah. uh, in my closest circles, right? That doesn't sound like something that would eventually, combined with uh, um, low alcoholic, like hard seltzers, uh, reach 20% of a market share where, you know, 20% is representative of, of an actual 20% of the population purchasing that versus uh, a, a harder beer, a craft mm-hmm. beer, or, you know, just going ham on some shots and mixies. So... It's, uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting decision and I, I, I just really don't buy into this idea that millennials and Gen Zers are just like not drinking alcohol. I mean, maybe like, um, you know, the, the numbers do reflect that as a generation they have, they are drinking less comparatively, but, uh, you know, are they drinking less and they want a non-alcoholic beverage like that's that's usually the connection that i'm not making like for the people that i know that don't drink they're not looking for the flavor of beer without alcohol they just right they just don't care they don't want it they don't want to taste it uh you know uh maybe they participate in other legal intoxicants uh maybe they um just don't need the buzz and don't like it or don't like the flavor and and that's part of it right you're not just gonna like keep the tangy uh you know pea water flavor of like bush (laughs) but not have the alcohol that goes along with it so it's i think what's most interesting about this decision is that yeah i I just i really don't see it uh reflecting all of the substantial trends that um anheuser-busch and more specifically budweiser are uh, claiming are going to lead the non-alcoholic beverage market forward. Like I have more faith in uh, 
not or in the low alcohol seltzers uh, because of the way I've seen them take off and the numbers around them and the versatility of the product. Uh, and especially because flavor is really what's driving a lot of alcohol sales nowadays. Uh, there is also research around that. I encourage you all to look it up. I don't have numbers handy. But um, from what I've read, uh, flavor is really leading uh, purchasing power and buying decisions for consumers. They don't really just want you know classic beer flavor. They want something new. They want something that tastes good, that is pleasant, that they don't have to like grow to love, uh, but that still gives them the buzz that they're looking for. Hmm. Um, but what's interesting about this is that they're doubling down on beer flavor. They're doubling down on non-alcoholic, and I think their you know ace up their sleeve is the marketing around it, considering that they didn't even want to do another round of non-alcoholic beer after the failure of Prohibition Brew until Dwayne Wade came to them with his idea, his proposition, and probably the willingness to be 100% associated with the branding. Mm -hmm. And so for Budweiser, they saw that opportunity as, oh, well, hell yeah, we're going to do an exclusive link up with Dwayne Wade, who's pushing this drink. I mean, that's like uh, uh, marketing... Uh, blessing, you know, gifted from heaven. Right. Uh, And I I think that is really what is motivating the release of this product. And so that leads me to think, A, is this being marketed to the correct audiences? And B, uh, is it marketed well? Is this the right way to launch a large-scale product? Is Dwayne Wade's presence on this going to reach, you know, barstool fans? Is it going to reach your classic... Um, you know, March Madness head. Is it going to reach sure. N- NBA season ticket holders that now aren't going to games because of COVID and are sitting at home? Are they really going to see Dwayne Wade drinking a non-alcoholic beer and say, you know what, that's the experience I was looking for? Uh, I, I mean, personally, I I don't know. I'd like to think no <laughs> from the the sports fans in my life and the way people in my personal circles and what I've heard of personal circles uh, of my close acquaintances and, and family of how they consume alcohol in relation to sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts there, Tyler? I mean, do you think that this marketing is going to hit a segment of the population that will find this an attractive product? And and do you think Dwayne Wade partnered with it is the right, uh, you know, like the, the right time to put all your cards out on the table? I personally don't. Uh, just my experience as a sports fan and um, and that sort of thing. Like Dwayne Wade has an appeal, but th- there seems to be this disconnect in you know what what we've laid out. Just this idea that oh beer you know beer sales have flattened, and you know the the primary reasoning for that given is that millennials and Gen Z drink less alcohol. Okay, you know we could put that over on one side. Then the other side is Dwayne Wade is involved with this this beer. Um, for millennials and Gen Zers, I, I don't see that as a powerful driver of, of you know, purchasing decisions. The fact that Dwayne Wade is connected to it, and so if if in fact Anheuser Busch has uh, has identified, okay, what do we need to do to get millennials and Gen Zers to you know buy more of our products, and then on the other side you have Dwayne Wade creating a non-alcoholic beer that's that's healthy and that sort of thing. I just don't see those. I, I don't see the connection between those two and how that is the that is the strategy. Because most of the reasoning we've come around to on you know why anybody would would consume this really doesn't apply all that often or all that frequently to millennials and Gen Zers. That's why I, I I agree with you when you say that 
I would look more at the you know, the, the lower alcoholic, you know, seltzer market and, and things like that. You know, you, you see conversations all the time about Trulies and, and White Claws and all this sort of thing. I think that's more where the future lies for some of this rather than a non-alcoholic beer. That's just, that's just me. I, I don't think Dwayne Wade is going to be a powerful driver of, you know, uh, of consumer decision-making when it comes to uh, alcohol or non-alcoholic beer, <laughs> beer yeah. consumptions. Yeah, and I mean, the branding around, oh, I'm an old athlete, I'm tired, and I want to be able to have a drink, but, you know, not get that buzz, that sounds like it's speaking to uh, Gen X and boomers, doesn't really sound like it's speaking to millennials and Gen Zers, definitely not Gen Zers, Uh, maybe some older millennials, but but this idea of, of reaching sports fans that, you know, need the the sort of social validation of being able to drink without getting drunk um it's just it feels like a a rather niche market to try to launch into and maybe they know that maybe they know this is just supposed to be a niche product but hopefully uh you know I well I guess they think that hopefully they can reach enough people that it's worthy of the investment and that mm. the sort of uh I don't want to say free marketing but the sort of free idea of branding with Dwayne Wade uh, doesn't go to waste right they can right. try it and whatever if it fails then they try again clearly uh you know they have the resources and the capital to launch a new product and then decide this sucks and pull it off the shelf and it not really affect their bottom line. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that also leads me to think, you know, is this going to be worth the production and the logistics? It seems like that does account uh, for a lot of their decision-making, considering that they axed Prohibition Brew pretty soon after it went to market, probably because they weren't seeing the sales and, and saw it as a uh, production nightmare if it wasn't going to, you know, turn a profit for them or give them more power in the market Uh, but with Dwayne Wade behind this and maybe with a more refined um, marketing uh, initiative around how non-alcoholic intersects with uh, the rest of their portfolio they might be more confident and might think you know hey this is the way that we're going to reach enough of a market to make this a substantial and self-sustaining product Um, because I guess they don't necessarily need this to be a huge growing market if they get a consistent, you know, 3%, right, or a consistent 5% or whatever it is that just sort of, yeah, it's the same people. We're sort of marketing to the same audience. Mm-hmm. They'll come back and buy it for all of their occasions, and we don't really need to break into new markets. It might give them, you know, I don't know, several years of uh, a nice consistent addition to their portfolio. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm unsure if this is the direction that I would be taking the alcoholic beverage market and if this is the direction that I'd be launching new products for uh, but uh, you know they seem pretty confident with it so Hmm. maybe they know something we don't consider me bearish Daniel yeah I'm I'm bearish on this one I'm definitely (laughs) bearish on this one yeah 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 I uh that, that that's my feeling sort of I I I would love to be proven wrong but I kind of don't think so yeah, I'd like to think we're prescient, you know, we're omnipotent <laughs> since we were, you know, gifted the ability of hosting Business Casual. Of course, it means we know everything. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> 
This was a snippet from Business Casual with Daniel Litwin and Tyler Kern, your B2B morning radio show. Tune in Wednesdays and Fridays at 9 a.m. Central on the Simple Radio app or marketscale.com slash industries. Oh,